0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.
1: For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall podcast and show broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia and houses 600 classic cars for sale and over 400 barn finds on display. Check out more at ClassicAutoMall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Howe.
0: Good morning, Steve and Ethan. Good morning, listeners. Good morning, people in the mall way out there coming into Classic Autumn on a rainy Saturday. That's not too rainy, actually. It's not too bad. Drizzly. There. Drizzly. <laughs> Overcast and drizzly. Yeah, we've had an odd summer. It hasn't been terribly warm, and it's been a lot of rain. So I haven't had to water my yard as much, although the guy who's doing my yard, uh, it's a no. I don't <laughs> want to get into it. Anyway, good morning. Thanks to the Pat Travers Band for our theme music. And um, we hope to have a uh, musical celebrity on our show next week. My ex sister in law, Pam awesome. Tillis, she's supposed to be here. We'll see. I'm, I'm writing, I'm composing a letter to her about all the, uh, reasons why she should be on our show. She's got a pretty tight schedule, so we're hoping she can be here. But, uh, I figured out something interesting too. That in our building, I was trying to figure out how big it is in relationship to something that people would understand. Mm-hmm. When you say 336,000 square feet, they go, oh, okay, yeah, that's big, whatever. Uh, but when you say it is the equivalent of six football fields, that tells you how big it is. That's big. That's huge. That puts it in perspective. <laughs> that I is, think. yeah. I think it's hard for people to grasp perspective of square footage. You know,
1: I try to relate it to the, the, a local mall. Right. Know? I don't know how big the, the Montgomery King of Prussia Mall is. Right. The Montgomery Mall. People who go to malls know that yeah. how much walking they're going to do. I,
0: I like to tell people that our building is so big that you can see the curvature of the earth. <laughs> But anyway, I digress. Uh some new inventory we can't got in this week. Uh I I know you saw this one, the Volvo one twenty two Amazon. Yeah. That's a pretty cool car. I I saw it right away when it came in the, the door. It's that satin white, mm-hmm. which is like I don't know what it's that pearly white color. But it's like a matte. It's like yeah, a matte white. Um, but it's pearly at, at the same yeah. time. That's like <laughs> that's like polar opposite, isn't it? It is it matte is, and pearly. It's so, well done. Yeah, it is very well done. And uh it's uh French. And shaved, mm-hmm. which <laughs> <it> sounds, like, <laughs> sounds like a whole nother industry, but sounds, we won't go sounds there. Yeah, sounds very dirty. 1.8 liter four cylinder, Willwood uh, front disc brakes, and a four speed manual. So it's kind of Resto Mod with the paint, with the uh, um, the Willwood brakes, and the Foose wheels that it has mm-hmm. on it. But the Amazon or Amazon, it used to be called, that was what it was originally called with an S. Okay. And uh, somebody, some German motorcycle manufacturer had that name, and so Volvo couldn't use it, and they called it the 122, uh, but it's still, inter- you know, a lot of people still refer to it as the Amazon, mm-hmm. now knee Amazon from Amazon. But yep. uh, but anyway, really an interesting car, and it's always nice to see stuff that you don't see all the time. And that's what you find in here. I mean, that's it. how many cars do you see here that you've, you know, we've got 700 cars in inventory, so you might see something you've never seen before, you hope. Good and chance of it. There's a good chance of it anyway. But a lot of the regulars are here as well, too. We have quite a few of the uh, Camaro Mustang Thing and uh, uh, Corvettes uh, as well, too, as of course we would. And we'll get into a little bit more of that here in a minute with our first guest. But anyway, um, other inventory we got in, 34 Ford 40 Series Victoria. Did you see that one? I, I- I don't oh, think I a, did. that's not in your that's, that's not, not on your my Ballywick. That's not my generation. <laughs> <laughs> it's vineyard green over brown interior, uh two twenty one cubic inch flathead V eight, which I always tell people. They go, "I've got a, uh, an old model A, and it's got a flathead Ford in it, and hadn't run in twenty five years." I said, "Did it run when it stopped and you parked it?" and He goes, "Yeah." I go, "Then it'll run again." <laughs> right. There is no question; it'll. Those things are are bulletproof. If you uh, if you know flathead Ford, you'll know that that they just they they will run. If they mm-hmm. didn't run. When you parked them, then you got a problem. That's right. <laughs> but anyway, this one's beautiful. It's that Art Deco design. Um, you know, nineteen thirty-four was uh, you know interesting year for Ford. I mean, golly, they had dominated the market with the Model T and the Model A, and now the V-eight Ford, and and it was uh, you know it was the luxurious, most luxurious and largest Ford of its of its era, mm-hmm. um, and uh, a really a neat car. And to the untrained eye, you would look at it, and it looks probably just like any other Model A Ford that you would see. But those who know, know the difference between them, and uh, we'll uh, just keep it at that. But anyway, um, we got a – You know, we were talking about daily drivers and people are looking for cars that you can drive from here because you go to the dealer and they got nothing. Right. I went to the dealer the other day and they didn't even bother to talk to me. That's pretty much how it is now. They don't want to talk to you because they got nothing to talk to you about. (laughs) Hey, can I buy a car? No. Okay. What else do we have to talk about? They're more interested in (laughs) if you have a car to sell them. I went into an unnamed luxury (laughs) dealership last week Uh and there must have been 15 guys on their computer. You could tell they were just jacking around. Right, Right. Oh, yeah. Not. One of them even looked up, said hello, and I'm, you know, I'm, right. I did, I didn't pull up in a, you know, a beater. I pulled up in something pretty nice, mm-hmm. and not even a word, because why bother? You know, why, why idle chit chat when you got nothing to sell? Zero motivation, <laughs> zero motivation, zero inventory, yeah. and uh, zero pay. Yeah. So ugly, yeah. So uh, you know, that's the good news with us. We uh, we don't have a problem getting inventory because ninety nine percent of our cars for sale are on consignment, and so people always have cars to sell. We found out and uh and so we're able to keep a good inventory. if I had to go out and buy inventory to fill this building mm-hmm. I don't think I could do it. Right. I don't think I could find the inventory first of all, you got to go to an auction pretty much because unless you got a jet that you can just fly around to each individual studio and look at one car at a time mm-hmm. and go, "Oh, that one's overpriced or that one's not in good condition." so you go to an auction well there's you know six hundred other of me there trying to buy exactly. cars and so why do you get inventory? I right. don't know. No, this is a great model. It's, yeah, you know it's, it's, it's but don't tell anybody.
1: Don't tell anybody. We'll replicate it.
0: <laughs> Maybe nationwide. one of these days we might replicate it. We can find another mall like this. Yeah. That's the yeah you know, that's the key. I mean we've got a forty acres on the turnpike in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um between two major between hubs, two major hubs of the world. Mm-hmm. Um and uh, with a casino now. So I mean you know what else can you ask for? Maybe more restaurants, but uh, yep. I digress from that. Uh, the Saturn Sky, so we've been talking about daily driver mm-hmm. cars that we have here at Classic auto the Saturn Sky Convertible is a perfect example of that. It's a 2008, black over black. It's only got 38,000 original miles, so it's just getting warmed up. Mm-hmm. Um, CD and Bluetooth and leather interior and 18-inch wheels and, uh, you know, the Saturn Corporation, which was an interesting uh, time in General Motors' world, uh, was, uh, they, the assembly plant was in spring Hill, Tennessee, Mm -hmm. and uh, I don't know. I wonder what's going on with that building. That would be interesting to find out. Ethan, find that out for us. I have friends down there, down by Nashville. Yeah, have your people.
1: Yeah, I will. I'll call them (laughs) and say, what's happening with this plan?
0: So if you're looking for a daily driver, don't think that Classic Auto Mall is just a... All expensive cars and B, all old cars. Because right. it's not. We do special interest cars. Mm-hmm. We do, you know, the Saturn Sky is kind of that tweener, you know. It's a, it's, 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 it's special, a, but it's special. It's a later model. It's, uh, but drivable. Very drivable on a regular basis. And I mean, you know, yes, there's every car in here you could drive on a regular basis. However, you know, do you want heat? Do you want air? Do you want a right. cup holder? Do you want mm-hmm. modern amenities? Do you want to be going 55 miles an hour down the turnpike? I don't even want to go 65 down the turnpike because you'll get run over. Yeah, that's you true. You know, it, it's, uh, so it's one of those things that, uh, um, we have cars like that so if you're in the if you need something as a daily driver you know give us a look we have mercedes we have bmw's we have a few suv's we have uh, some pick, lots of pickup trucks mm-hmm. we we sell a lot of pickup trucks and we have a lot of pickup trucks so uh if you get a chance check out our website classicautomall.com and you'll see all the wonderful inventory we have we got a uh, a bubble top uh, sh- uh chevrolet Bel Air in Air uh 62 uh with a 502 and it, and it has <laughs> just it was it had done i'm not sure if was this year or last year's power t- hot rod Power okay. tour. and I uh, love those double- bubble tops. They are really cool looking. They you are. know, They've just got that look to them. And this one is, of course, you know, a resto mod, mm-hmm. uh, which means that it's got modern modern guts it means you can go on a power tour and not, not worry about breaking down <laughs> and not worry about losing power you know but anyway hey listen a lot of these guys i mean look at the model a clubs those guys are running their cars you know long long distance um we're seeing uh the great race uh where people going through you know cars with no roofs and and you know early 30s cars with mm-hmm. you know and, and braving the elements and uh you know hey i i love that i mean but if you're in a hurry to get somewhere, if you need to get to Colorado in a couple of days, you might not want to start out in a Model A. <laughs> <laughs> you might pick something just a hair.
1: You'd be more comfortable,
0: anyway. <laughs> you might be a little more comfortable, That's yeah. Right. It'd be a fun, you know, journey, uh, but uh but might be a little comfortable in something else. Also, in honor of our guest today, uh, we got in a 72 Mustang, <clears throat> Mustang Mach 1, excuse me. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's white over black, uh 351 Cleveland. It's got the Marty Report. It's an automatic, rebuilt. Uh, it comes with a build sheet. Um, you know, so uh, these Mach 1s, uh, they don't last long around here. That's right. uh, we, we get them in from time to time. We don't get a lot of them in, but we get, in, get them in from time to time, and they don't seem to last very long. So if you're in the market or know somebody that's in the market for a Mach 1, and certainly – Plus that generation of, of Mustang where they change the body and everything is up and coming. And I'm
1: sure John sure. will have something yeah. to say about that too. Yeah, but absolutely. The, the values are going up on those.
0: Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, of course now we've got a, a new mock, uh, the Mach E, which we'll talk about as well too. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, but you know, we, when we get these in, generally speaking, um, we've either got somebody who's given us the information that, Hey, I'm looking for one of these or, Somebody that just knows us and and checks our inventory regularly and even comes in here on a daily basis before it even goes on our website and is looking around and snooping to see if there's anything that mm-hmm. uh, uh, that's new and intriguing and <laughs> and that's when usually something like this sells especially things that we don't get a lot of that are that are popular so uh, we see that happen with the Mach ones mm-hmm. um, we see it happen with you know oddball stuff the Gremlins and the Pacers and the Pintos and weird stuff like that that you just don't see and when you find one with low mileage. Mm-hmm. People say, you know, it, it'll be gone in, mm-hmm. in no time. Although we still have our gremlin here. So I'm, I, yeah, I don't know what's I, up with that
1: gremlin. It's a good looking
0: gremlin. It is a good looking. Is that even possible to say? Yes, it is. In the same sentence. In the same sentence. Right. Yeah. It's a good looking gremlin. But, uh, but anyway, uh, uh, so if you, if there's something that you're in the market for, uh, give us a call and, uh, we'll see what we can find for you. If it's not here or not on our website or if we know of one coming in, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So, uh, we, uh, quickly will get to our, did you ask me where cars went to this week? Where did where did cars go <laughs> this week? Well, we get a cue from you to give you a cue back. <laughs> yes, so that's right. I, it's kind of like the light. Yeah, you, yeah. We'll just have to come up with some kind of hand signal. I, or I think we do. So, um but anyway, where did Classic Automobile sell cars this week? That's well, you now that's a good question, Steve. And I'm going to answer it for you. It wasn't, fair. wasn't as many this week. It was a little bit of a slower week okay. for us. Yeah, with the holiday, we had, you know, uh, July Fourth, mm-hmm. we were closed, and plus this this week is always a little. bit bit lighter in sales force because people are out doing normal things instead of worrying about buying cars but where do we sell our 11 cars that we sold last week (laughs) springfield virginia annapolis maryland williamsport pennsylvania charlotte north carolina mechanicsburg pennsylvania belou france Really? I don't know where that is. McLean, Virginia, Lapeer, Michigan, Fillmore, Indiana, Newark, Delaware, and Mooresville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. down there in NASCAR world. Right. So, uh, yeah. So, next week, our list will be longer. <laughs> Not that it matters to anybody, so. but but if it doesn't. When we return, uh, we've got a very special guest on the show today, uh, Mr. John Clore, who works for Ford Performance and uh, gets to go out and hang out at car shows all the time and talk cars and Mustang and performance Fords and all that good stuff so when we return with the classic auto mall podcast we'll have him on the air with us See you in a minute.
2: since the 1960s jc taylor has been america's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars antique autos modified and custom vehicles our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades for more information or to receive a quote contact our expert team today by calling 888 antique or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Automall podcast from the Classic Automall studio in beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. We're actually getting quite a few people. We've got a gun show this weekend. So if you, of course, you, by the time you hear this, it'll be a week from now. So you won't be able to come buy a gun here, but, or ammo or whatever else you're going to buy when you come here. But, uh, uh, these gun shows are so popular anymore. It's just unbelievable. You know, the, uh, I think everybody needs a gun. Yeah. <laughs> so good for them. So, um, our special guest this morning, uh, who thankfully, uh, was available for us and is up in the Detroit area. As I like to say ex father-in-law wrote a song called Detroit City and I cannot say Detroit. I have to say Detroit. Right. So, uh, Mr. John Clore, the enthusiast <laughs> communications manager of Ford Performance with the Ford Motor Company. Good morning, John. How are you this morning? I'm doing great, Stu. This is a great honor. I appreciate the time this morning hey so cool don uh uh humanic one of our car specialists met you down in at carlisle a couple of weeks ago and gave me your card and he said oh this guy you got to talk to he's great and you know he's the ford guru so (laughs) i I hate that name i know i know i know (laughs) i knew you were gonna say that but uh but you know i mean gosh what a great gig you have you get to travel around and talk about performance fords what i mean can it get any better
3: uh, it, it kind of evolved to that. You know, when I first, uh, I thought I had the best job. I worked 15 years at the Detroit News as an editor and then and, uh, I was wanted to be the auto writer and the auto writer back then was a guy named Bob Irvin and he was there forever. And I, I just, I got to the point where I, when I left the news after 14 years, I think he was 107. He was not going to retire, you know. <laughs> so I, I got a, I got a chance. Uh, one of my buddies, uh, At the paper, jumped over to Auto Week magazine, which was in downtown, and he said, John, you don't have to work weekends. Auto companies pay you, fly you all around the world to drive their cars, and you can write about cars. So I quit the paper, and definitely, yeah, I definitely wanted to make sure that uh, I had a car job, you know? (laughs) And who would quit that? Yeah. Yeah. who Who would quit? Writing about cars for not just a monthly buff book, uh, a weekly, a weekly. That's exactly. Yeah, that's for right. the guys that what? That's for the guys that uh, can't uh, can't wait a whole month. Yeah, uh, so that, that's why I had decided. You know, wh- why do auto writers write? Well, yeah. they want the car companies to listen to them. Sure, that's it. You know, your seats are terrible. The handling's bad. You write your review, and you just want the car companies to listen to you. But one, but then that same guy that dragged me over to AutoWeek. He quit the magazine. I was a deputy managing editor and he was a managing editor. Now don't, before you say anything, sir, <laughs> no, deputy didn't mean Barney Fife. <laughs> One bullet, right? Yeah, that's right. And, and if anybody out there knows who Barney Fife is, thank God <laughs> I you. you have the right audience. What, what a deputy did at the, at the magazine is when the managing editor went out to play with cars and road test them, the deputy managing editor had to put a magazine out.
0: Right. (laughs) He had to actually do the work.
3: Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he, he gets to go leave early and drives home the Corvette or the BMW or the Mercedes or, you know, I get to leave late. So I got the Kia or the Silverado.
0: Well, it's no. like the first choice of uh, the pecking order in the parking lot is a guy who leaves first gets the the best car. And I lived and worked with a guy out in California and he had a collection of about eight cars and we had just moved there and he had a Pantera and a 928 Porsche. And it was the same way. Once he left and picked whatever he was driving for the day, we got to pick what was left. My buddy and I <laughs> were fighting over, you know, the the next car to, to to get to take. But, you know, it's um, it was funny. It was something you mentioned about reviewing automobiles and, you know, maybe giving them a little bit of a hard time you very rarely see a bad review of a car anymore i mean is it just well, because and that's
3: the case Stuart? um you know it got to the point where some of our buff book competitors never met a car they didn't like right. and yeah and and you know i get it because they advertise in the book and if you bash their product they pull their advertising and you're out of business but it was a little different at auto week you know we were kind of irreverent and um uh we had like a a niche following and you know, I was a closet Ford guy, I would admit it. So right. whenever there was a Ford long lead, I would jump on it and I'd go I went to the ninety four Mustang Launch and you know, any any kind of Ford product and but I didn't know this. My um managing editor's dad was a Ford engineer who was the lead engineer on the retractable hardtop.
0: Oh my God! He, the guy must be. Very, I mean that that the 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 workings, the inner workings of that. If people don't, if you don't know, as the, li- the switches and the wiring, <laughs> it's unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I I said either he was
3: a genius or he was crazy.
0: Yeah, I think crazy <laughs> would probably <Yeah>. be better.
3: <laughs> so when he had the chance to go to Ford, he jumped ship and he kept bothering me to come join him. I said, "What are you doing?" He said, "We're going to work on the special vehicle team." And he said it's a niche group and it's a bunch of mercenaries from, they're, they're grabbing them out of buff books. They didn't want Ford guys. Right. They wanted people from the outside who's driven everything else, uh, to come in and market this. And I, he said, we don't have any advertising budget. I go well. Good luck with that. That was was SpongeBob. (laughs) Nice talking to you. (laughs) Now, how how are you going to promote the special vehicle team? He said through the buff books. And since we knew everybody, they're all our friends, our fellow journalists. We created a, a you know a rifle shot marketing campaign to get these products in the in the magazines and in the hands of reviewers to say, hey, there's this crazy bunch of guys who are making high performance fours, and that's I mean to me that was so novel. We sat at the same table with the engineers. And when we would come back from an event, they'd say, well, how did it go? Well, the guy said, your gauges are terrible, your seats suck, you know, you know, and you you get to tell directly to the engineer, which is what I was doing as an auto writer, hoping they'd read it, you know, right? Right. So the inner, it was, it was a really, it was a novel way to, it's the way car companies should be run. And I, I I loved it. I thought it would last forever. Of course, we we were, um, uh, disembanded and, uh, 10 years after that, and right. 205, because we're a bunch of renegade cowboys. We were. Yeah. I mean, and when I, when I wound up going to Ford Racing, spent 10 years there, that's where I started this whole outreach program and where I started, hey, you know, we're, I, I had a little saying, everybody has a Mustang story.
0: Oh, absolutely. There's no question about it, it.
3: And you could be a Chevy guy. You don't have to have ever have owned one. It could have been your kid in high school, the guy down the street, your uncle, your brother-in-law, you, everybody has one, whether you, who, what kind of car you like or not. That's so exactly that's, right. that's when I kind of started chasing the stories of the, the owners of 10 million of these things out there, you know, 50, 58 years now. God, um, yeah. And that's when I started telling their story and Stuart, it's been a wonderful journey because Um, that's where the real hobby is. It's out on the the guy that's got his his, his car of his life. Maybe he's restored it. Maybe he's had it all his life. He joins the enthusiast community. He goes to the cruise-ins. Those people have incredible stories to tell. And for the last now 10 years um, uh, with FordPerformance.com, I have my own enthusiast section. And sure. I, I get to tell their story and I, sure. yeah, where do you get it? You don't get it from a desk in Dearborn. <laughs> no,
0: you do <did> not. <laughs> you get not. it by going out in the shows, right? Because those guys will tell you more about your car than any of your engineers will know because they oh, have yeah. had to, they didn't have the luxury of the best equipment and the perfect tool for everything that they needed to do. They just did it the best that they could. And you know, guys like that are the, the, that's who we love because guys like that are our best customers because mm-hmm. they, when they're, when they're ready to move up or change or, or go laterally or whatever they're going to do differently in the car world, they don't want to sell the car themselves because their heart and pride and joy, they don't want some guy to come there and pick it apart. They don't want some guy to come there and tell them everything that's wrong with their car. So they say, you know what, classic automobile, you guys take it and sell it. And then that way I don't have to deal with that, you know what, so-and-so. So, So, But it's (laughs) 58 years, the Mustang. Wow.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's been quite a story. It's been quite a journey. But, um, you know, I, I must have had as a journalist, uh, I have probably 200 Mustang books in my office. And my wife said, you know, how many Mustang books do you really need? (laughs) And, and she's right, you know, but a lot of these guys, I know these guys, I, you know, I came up in the last 25 years of journalism with most of these authors. I've known them all. I've worked with them in some capacity and they're all great, great, you know, writers are a crazy bunch. But you know what, Stuart? Um, when I got to Ford, I realized that the, in the Mustang world, almost every generation Mustang has had a, a dirty little secret that no one has any, been able to unlock. And even as a journalist, when I would ask Ford people, you know, no, that's not true, or no comment, I don't know. Right. And so I decided to write my first book, Why Would I Need Another One?, because I wanted to tell those stories. You know, I wanted to – uh you know, that was like 15 years ago when I wrote that. And I said, you know, I wanted to get the – The Mustang is more than just a car. How did it become an icon? How you know? Why do you still see it in commercials today?
0: Absolutely. I mean, they said I I read somewhere uh, yesterday. I was doing a little research, and they said the the year that it was introduced in '64, at Christmas time of that year, ninety six thousand Mustang pedal cars were sold to children. Wow! (laughs) That you talk about an impact that a car has. That even the kids, you know, little kids wanted one. I mean, wow! You got to start them young, but ninety six thousand.
3: of anything, even if it was a full-size car, would be a successful run. You know? yeah, absolutely. <laughs> right?
0: yeah, absolutely. I I think that uh you know if you look at I mean the first year Mustangs, so how many were there? Over six hundred thousand sold in the first-
3: yeah, and, and within eighteen months. Uh, so if you go a year and a half, because you know it started in April, yeah, uh, they sold a
0: million cars. Uh, that i mean talk about a un unequ- uh, just an unmitigated home run just uh, yeah. the, the home well, run in, t- of- in today's world because of the chip shortage
3: and what was it supply chain issues right um uh, we get a smash hit like the Maverick pickup and we can only sell a 100,000 of them. They're so, then they're sold out and they say, come back next year. Can you imagine if Lee Icocca <laughs> would have sold a 100,000 and said, come back next year? He exactly. you know, sold a million.
0: a million. Yeah, and Mustangs, I think, were about $2,600 new back yep. in 64 and a half or 60. They call them 64 and a half, but uh, obviously they're all, I guess, titled as a 65, right? right. But, uh, you know, it, it's so funny. I was looking at, you know, how many Fords are sold, and I went on Ford's website, and the new Bronco uh, don't plan on order in 2022. It says uh, we're sold out. we you got to order a next year.
3: When you can't make them, Stuart, because of, you know, we're Somebody asked me how bad it is and I said, Well, we're like a bad uh Mexican restaurant. We got lots of salsa and no chips.
0: <laughs> yeah, that sucks. You can't have <laughs> what are you gonna drink the salsa? I mean, come on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't enjoy it. You can't enjoy
3: it. So it it's bad right now, but you know, the 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 beauty of it is that we do have products that people want. And sure. you're right. Fifty-eight years of seven generations and coming up on seven at least uh this this coming year we're gonna have right. a so the joy is how how great is it that you've been able to figure out with all the changes in society since 1964, with all the changes in tastes and likes and continue to make a product that people like and and people that fall in love with. And it's still fun to drive. That's, that's for me the big key and that's why I'm I'm loving telling this big story about Mustang.
0: Sure. <laughs> I, I mean, I look at the new ones and I like them as much as the old ones and I can't say that about every car that's been re-envisioned, uh, yeah. out there. But you know, it, it's interesting. And then with the electric cars coming on, I mean, the Mach E is, uh, you know, very popular. I hear that Pontiac is going to bring back or General Motors is going to bring back the Pontiac Aztec and rebadge it as the Corvette E. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Did you Show heard that? Yeah. I
3: was doing that. <laughs> There goes your readership and
0: your viewership. <laughs> They're all gone now. Just like that.
3: going to come in. No, uh, you know, I was on the Aztec long lead. I remember that. And they said it was going to appeal to young people. <laughs> and and then, it, oh, it's, it's going to be a kid car. And, of course, yeah. 40-year-old school teachers bought it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that, just like, you know, you can't – it's like – remember the Dodge La Femme, We're going to make a car car for the women. You know, guess what? It's turned out that if you make a car that appeals to a broad spectrum of people, you don't have to focus it that narrowly. You just make it beautiful, fun to drive. And I think the bottom line today is affordable. I think cars are becoming too expensive for young people to buy. Even entry-level cars are... Well, what few of you can still find what's the average price of a car
0: these days 40,000 plus i'm yeah, sure it is it has to be yeah In
3: can day. you you know a you know a 60 month car note and oh, uh yes yeah. so you're wondering why you know young people aren't into the car market it's not just they don't like them yeah. they just can't afford them i think that's part of the maverick success with a Remember back when the original Maverick came out, it was 1999? Yeah. And now the new one is (laughs) (laughs) 19,999?
0: When we return, we will talk more, possibly not about the Maverick, but about other Ford performance products and uh, other cool things, Ford, with uh, uh, John Klor from Ford Motor Company. We'll be back in just a minute. If you love
1: classic cars, you're going to want to listen to the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. It's a museum. It's a showroom. It's an experience. The Classic Auto Mall in Morgantown, Pennsylvania is 336,000 square feet of rare, custom, and specialty automobiles on display and on consignment. From the earliest production cars to modern exotics, Classic Auto Mall is a feast for the eyes and the memories. Stroll through time in any season in this climate-controlled facility that you simply have to see to believe. Admission is free. Just remember to bring comfortable shoes.
2: Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information or to receive a quote, Contact our expert team today by calling 888 Antique or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888 268 4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. JC Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the Americas Broadcast Network.com.
0: Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live from the Classic Auto Mall studio and beautiful, sunny downtown. No, it's not sunny. I can't. i got to quit saying that. Yep. I'm a liar. It's just <laughs> natural. It's just natural. It's just gray out there. But, hey, we've got a great guest on today, John Clore, who I'm sure I've got a gazillion things to talk to him about that I'm never going to get to all of them, as usual. <laughs> I over-prepare and under-deliver or whatever that, <laughs> whatever that old saying is. But, uh, you know, what? Well, the other interesting thing we were talking about with the Mustang was the fact that how many Shelby's? have been built in the past five years compared to what was built in all the previous <laughs> years prior to that. I mean, my goodness gracious. There's a new version every time you turn around, which is cool. I love that. There's nothing against that.
3: No. And you know, somebody said when we were at SVT, aren't you angry that there's guys like Shelby and Roush and Celine out there, you know, taking your business away. And my uh my the chief engineer that head of SVT at the time was a guy named John coletti and John said no, because for them to make a Shelby Mustang, they got to buy a Ford Mustang. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: cha ching, no yeah. sale. cha ching. Yeah, we'll no, show we'll, we'll show them. Yeah, but you know, and if that's
3: the case, you know, I'm just proud of the fact that the factory can make the GT500. Uh, Shelby's not making it; we are. And yeah. you know, I remember when SVT. You know, a lot of people said, you know, were you sad that all of a sudden you're svt cobra became a shelby in a way yeah we developed our own cobra and we bought the cobra name back and then when carol showed up um it was kind of a a shock you know and we had a 2006 svt mustang cobra that never came to market it was fully developed and then carol came in and it turned into the 2007 sv or shelby gt500 but people say "Well, well carol carol engineered that no ellen collins Right. Was the, he, she was the chief engineer on that car. Did Carol have an input on it? Yeah, he didn't like the shifter. He didn't like this and that. We made some changes. But the fact that we can make a car from the factory that Carol Shelby Blessed and said, if I were to build this car, this is what I would do. Hey, that's all. That's that's, that's good.
0: That's good stuff. Yeah. You die and go to heaven on something like that. I mean, you know, you've done it right. And you know, I mean, the legacy of him, it's nice to see that the, that the, the sixties model GT500s and 350s are starting to come of into their own as far as price wise at auctions and things like that for so long. And we all thought, you know, when, when the old, old man left or left us, uh, that the prices would skyrocket, which they really didn't. And, and actually, Actually, a GT500 KR convertible was a bargain for a while, uh, oh, yeah. I, I think. Um, and then now they're starting to catch on. I'm seeing them getting nipping on close to $400,000 at auction. So. <laughs>
3: well, just like back in the day, you know, I don't know. Growing up, um, you know, there was just a little bit ahead of me. It was more my brother's era. And um, people, you had to have more money to buy a Shelby. I, you didn't see a lot of Shelbys in, in the circles. My brother was a Woodward street racer, and my dad was a Detroit cop. So that (laughs) was,
0: I love that. That, That's that's a a great thing. What a a family
3: dynamic I had, right? (laughs) Uh, but you know, so when you'd see the Shelby, it was the kids that lived in the better neighborhoods. They had more money. Shelby's weren't cheap back then. And today, you know, for us growing up on when the muscle car era hit, the the car that you could actually attain and still get the performance was the Mach 1, and you were talking right. about that earlier, yeah. because you didn't pay the Shelby price, but you got the 428, and you could get the shaker, and it looked all the part. Yeah. And today, it's kind of the same thing. The you know, the GT500 is super expensive. The Mach is not cheap, today's new Mach 1, right. but it's a hell of a car, sure. and um, it's kind of like you... You actually have to pay for that Shelby name, and and I get it, I, but you know, for for me, for the street racer guys that uh, brought up, uh, you know, didn't have all that all that kind of money that was a good
0: that's a bargain and today it's
3: still a very good performance bargain.
0: sure we have a ford fairlane here that doesn't it's not the gt package but it has everything the gt had on it without the price because you could check all the right boxes back in the day when you ordered one and i love the fact that people knew how to to create something that you know is i mean listen people say why didn't you buy the cor- the the convertible because it was only six hundred dollars more back in 1970 well six hundred dollars was oh my God. <laughs> that was like four or five house payments or maybe more maybe the whole <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's the make it or break it point. And you're right. What I liked about that era is the sleepers, you know, like a fair lane, you know, um, the, the guys with the dog dish hubcaps and you, you had no, but they just sounded a little different. And then when you went up again, got, got totally embarrassed. Right. That, that was a, there was a real, uh, draw to those guys that drove the sleepers and you can still see them at places like your auto mall. Sure. because we'll see them showing up from
0: now and those are the fun cars to own. Absolutely I love the dog dish hubcaps especially if they're done in a you know tastefully done like a lot of these guys do and they're they're making a beautiful car with spectacular paint but they make it look that retro kind of budget minded vehicle that kind of you look a sleeper you look pulls up next to you and you go oh that guy's not got anything you know and as he <laughs> well, leaves you know, retro,
3: the- <laughs> retro you can do it only so far I remember when we did the S550 and uh, it was a departure a lot of people said oh it looks like Confusion. Oh, right. you know, every time you change the mustang everybody jumps off the cliff right and uh you know and, and every generation you know we've had a big spike in. say you know people talk about the mustang too the mustang two was one of the, the second most successful mustang launch in the history of the car when it came out it sold nearly four hundred thousand in its first year wow it was the right car for the right time and people all jumped off the cliff because you know they They don't take cars into the context of their time. They take them, you know, and every, you know, the the big horse cars, oh, they're getting too big. But everyone has their following now. And when the S550 came out, oh, it's too, it doesn't look like a Mustang. Well, the taillights sure do. And the front end looks like a fist. And you know what? I just came from a show called um, Stang Invasion out in Des Moines, Iowa. 700 cars. Right. and wow. most, of the, most of the kids were driving S197s and S550s. Right. And, they, and and there wasn't two cars there, Stuart, that were alike. Isn't that
1: and amazing? Everybody,
0: everybody puts their thumbprint on their Mustang. Well, and that's what we say to people about about cars here or anywhere. If you see one at Barrett-Jackson or you see one at Mecham or you see one here, they go, well, that car was this and this car is that. But it's not the same car. And they go, well, they look the same. Yeah, but this one may have been restored professionally. This may have been restored by an amateur. This guy used the best parts. This guy, you know, scrimped and got where he did. And so, so they're not the same car. And therefore, you can't base price on that. So,
3: but... Thank God for that. Because, you know, we need to get young people involved in the hobby. And they can't be paying, you know, a nut and bolt restoration prices. I like the guys that... Can get in, uh, you, you know, either they like an early model Mustang and they can get in for twenty grand, sure. Um, or you know, uh you go to a place like the Charlotte Auto Fair and you see these young groups come in with most of them a SN ninety five Mustangs that are beat up and banged up, and they don't care because they, they don't just got
0: a Mustang, you know and I love the fact that we we need an entry level product in the absolutely model. and and I love when you go to the, like the SCCA events, the autocrosses and stuff. The kids are starting to get into and they may be in a Plymouth Neon or a, a six cylinder Mustang or something, but they're having fun. They're enjoying yeah. it. You know, I can find we, we jokingly say this all the time. At one point in time in my life, I embarrassingly say I had a minivan, but I could still find the apex of the corner in that minivan. <laughs> so it was fun. You make you make it what it is, right? I, I couldn't because I had two. <laughs> <laughs> hockey goaltenders. And if I found the apex, sticks would come
3: out of the back of the minivan, and hit me in the head. Yeah, probably true. Hey, i got, like I got I mean, a hockey guy, but no, you're a totally right, Stuart. And uh what I'm seeing now is, uh you know, people are saying, "Well, the hobby's going to die with the boomers," and and you know, I, I, that's not true. If you go to a car show, young people love cars; they just yeah. can't afford them. Absolutely, and so we need to make them. We need to pass the torch to them, and I'm so glad they can come in and find a. Uh, affordable, whether it's a classic or just a car they've always wanted, but to get them into the hobby and embrace this wonderful hobby because mobility, you know, Henry Ford uh, wanted to build a car that People could all, everyone could own. Everyone, could. is the essence of a free society, and everyone should be able to have their own car and not have to wait for the bus.
0: Absolutely, and you know the thing about it is, is that that's so true. We we take in five thousand dollar consignments and five hundred thousand dollar consignments and everything in between, and we we're not snobs. We like them just as well because you got to start somewhere. Listen, yeah. listen, does, uh, you know, Ford starts out slow, and you get you get somebody in an entry level vehicle, and uh, one day you hope to have them in an expedition or a excursion version or whatever else is cool and uh you know listen and i get it and the electric car part of it is is going to be part of the equation whether we like it or not fords you know what 50 billion into that to, yeah. to and yeah. and and listen this is a newsflash that it won't be for you and it won't be for me but it might be for some people is that electric cars are not going to take over everything it ain't going to happen
3: you know i i make the analogy 110 years ago on woodward avenue Clara Ford drove an electric car, and it was called the Detroit Electric. Right. And she liked it because Henry made a car that made smoke and noise, and this one was quiet. The only two issues she had was range and battery recharge times. Sure. 110 years later, what are the two issues facing the EVs? Range, <laughs> Range. <laughs> battery recharge. <laughs> I love it. And it may not be. It may you know. It may it may not save the planet. You know, people are saying the carbon footprint is actually probably very similar to an ice engine. Right. But and it may be hydrogen. You know, but eventually powertrains change and technology changes. And um you know, people say, "Oh, the Model T was
0: terrible. It had no airbags." <laughs> yeah, the Model T wasn't terrible if the thing you graduated from was a horse and buggy. That's right. Yeah. You, 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 know, and- if you still had a shovel in downtown? You
3: know, smell
0: it all that. We, well, we we're we're in Amish country, so we'll I have know, to. Okay, we'll, <laughs> that, that, we, we no, no, no. We're with you one hundred percent. Or we could go back mm-hmm. to nineteen seventy-five, which trivia: the lowest horsepower year for the Mustang, eighty-seven horsepower.
3: <laughs> Actually. He wasn't the uh, for the, the four cylinder. The lowest VA horsepower was a Fox body. Right uh, in, in nineteen eighty, they took the three hundred two down to. Are you ready for this? Two fifty five. They had to. They had to actually get the thing down to the point where they could meet the emission standards. So. Uh, the V8 in the Mustang 2 that, uh, was in the, even the King Cobra had 139 right. horsepower. Right. And that baby only had 128 horsepower. Wow. For a 255. And you know what? I, I used to say, it's not, don't be hitting on the car. It was the era.
0: A Corvette sure. 350, it couldn't even make 250 horsepower. My Trans Am yeah. had 180 horsepower and I thought I was king of the mountain, you know? Oh yeah. Well, and everything's
3: relatives, you know? So against the Camaro, that 140 horses and a car that weighed 300 and pound less, it was very competitive, you know?
0: You know, I loved what Ford was doing back in the, the road Atlanta Emsa days when they were taking four cylinders and turning out, you know, what, 900 horsepower out of a four cylinder? Well,
3: remember SVO? <laughs> Well, and, SVO, and the yeah. said, oh, we're never going to put a turbocharged four-cylinder in a Mustang ever again.
0: Well, SVO is one of my favorite Mustangs of all time, and I know that's a cliche t- thing to say in the Mustang world, but I love those. They were fun to drive. They were. I, we don't see them here hardly at all. You did you see many in Carlisle this year? Were there many? S- they had a few, but you know, yeah. very
3: few and far between. And there were some prime examples, but right. people really. They, they didn't look significantly different. You know, you could tell the five lugs and the wing on it and the sure. hood scoop. But you know what? You're right. It, and it was technology that sold that, Stuart. And Absolutely. I think the future is about technology. And, you know, cars are phenomenal today. What they do, you drive a 65 Mustang, you have a little bit of fun, and then drive a new one. And you say, oh, my God, have we come a long way in 58 years.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, that's part of the success of mods is the fact that yeah. – People get out of a nice car, brand new something, into a '69 uh, Mustang, and they go, "Ooh, this drives!" You know, it's a little, it's a little different, sloppy comparatively. But here's the thing: some people appreciate that. Some people appreciate the fact that it's more of a challenge to ride, to drive it, uh, to 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 do things with it, to stop a little bit sooner or slower or whatever. And so, it, a lot of people are just spoiled and want exactly what they want today. And I get that. And we're all spoiled. Air conditioning. I'm spoiled. You know, we got to have air conditioning. But at the other side of the coin is is that I like the challenge of driving a Model A or a Model T or a '64 Mustang or any of that stuff. So, John, if you if you're not terribly pressed, we'd love to have you on the third segment if you want to stick around with us for another ten minutes or so.
3: Sure, because if you, if I leave now, I got to go out and cut the grass.
0: <laughs> well, I'll keep you on for a little bit longer. Right. We'll be back with the Classic Automobile Podcast with our special guest John Clore of Ford Motor Company here in just a moment. Thanks.
2: When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else.
1: If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio. Live every Saturday at 9 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we're back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast with our special guest, John Clore, for our third segment of the day. Show number 44 we're doing, Steve. Hey, are we doing something right? Or are we <laughs> that just winging it? Like a 44 Dana. <laughs> I like that. Uh, John is the enthusiast communication manager at Ford Performance and uh, an all-around car guy and been around the car world forever and a day. John, uh, Carlisle was pretty amazing this year for Ford. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, the, the funny thing is it set a record for the cars on the show field entries, and, you know, um, this is post-COVID uh, still, uh, and and with the gas prices uh, just completely out of hand, we were thinking, oh, Matt, it's really going to compress the, the the attendance and the registrations, but it actually was just the opposite. They had record attendance, you know, usually they get fifty to 60,000 people there that weekend, and... You know, with, with twenty five hundred cars, you think, oh my god! No, I I know Ford people love the Nationals because they see all the crazy Fords there. You know, right? The, the Lincolns and the Pintos. I, I remember when the Pinto did their forty fifth anniversary. You know, there are almost five thousand members of the Pinto Car Club of America. No kidding. And we had almost we had ninety nine Pintos during their last uh, reunion. There, there are Mercures. There are you know the young guys, Focal Jet. The, uh, the the Focus Rising Group had Fiestas and Focus, which we don't build those wonderful ST anymore right those are great were, cars oh yeah the lincoln guys or the etzels you could see um the fairlane <laughs> club the falcons everything under the sun right and that's why we go but it has mustang kind of you know encroached upon a lot of those yeah there's fewer model a's and model t's there they're more mustangs
0: sure sure i the Mercur i just had forgotten all about oh, that yeah. car until you just brought that up that is so funny
3: yeah, what do they call in detroit a and- Good an, an XR4 guy.
0: You know, one day, one day somebody, we're, we're going to see one go across the auction block and it's going to bring 150,000 and everybody's going to go, what? <laughs> what the, Where did that come from?
3: Yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, I think part of it too, Stuart, was the weather was phenomenal. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. People were itching to get out, uh, and go play with cars again. So and, I think and that was the, part
0: uh, of it. Yeah, they had yeah. the unveiling of the uh, Bronco Raptor there, right? Yeah, which is really cool. And the Bronco that boy, badass. Oh, and
3: what a following they've, you know, last year oh they had God. the Strop, the Strop Bronco reunion. Yeah. This year they had a huge reunion. They had the SSPs of special service police Mustangs were there. Uh, every year they, you know, Ken, Ken Appel and the Carlisle events folks do a fantastic job. Yeah. Carlisle is just a celebration of Auto City in the middle of Pennsylvania that, you know, is it within a day's drive of pretty much anybody east of the Mississippi? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's part of it. But I don't miss Carlisle. I'll tell you what. Uh, when it started, I just started at Ford. Right. And I brought a a Cobra R and a lightning pickup. That wasn't electric back then, by the way, Stuart.
2: (laughs) I brought (laughs) it out. I brought it out there. We were (laughs) the
3: only Ford entity at the Ford Nationals. I had a 10 by 10 and we set up and I've never missed a Carlisle Ford Nationals in the entire run of the show, including both weekends that both of my sons graduated from high school. Wow. I said, Hey who who doesn't graduate from high school? Yeah, Here's come on. Here. take <laughs> pictures. I'm going to the <laughs> national.
0: That's expected. Well, Carlisle is only an hour west of us, so we spend a lot of time there. And we found out very quickly when we moved in here in 2018 is that, you know, you'd think I'd have done this research before we bought the building <laughs> and moved in, but that this is car culture, car city, like you wouldn't believe. I, I, I would put this up, this part of the world up against just about anywhere. Southern California, Scottsdale area, South Florida. It's an amazing car culture that we have here. And Carlisle does a great job, especially with the specialty shows the GM show, the Ford show, the Chrysler show, the, you know, the whole thing. And of course, you know, it's one of those things that I think that, that as you said, people are anxious to get out and do things. And, you know, John, as well as I do, I'm not good cooped up in the house and I don't imagine you are either. And that was a tough couple of years with that COVID thing.
3: Yeah. I, that, that was tough for everybody. And, you know, I didn't know that you guys there at the mall, you had enough space and and, and property to ho- hold a club car show whole club events there. You know, I remember uh, um, doing some car shows at consignment places and they're wonderful places to do a car show. Cause they generally have the room to, you can cater a lunch. You can go yeah. see the old cars, no matter what kind of club you have, you probably have that brand in your building.
0: Absolutely. And we have, believe it or not, coming up uh, next week, which will be actually the week that we're re- airing the show, uh, is the Camaro Nationals here. And mm-hmm. just about three weeks ago, we had the Model A Restorers Club here, and we had over oh, wow. 500 Model A's here. Oh, my. And God. those guys are great. And, you know, of course, they love us because in the old days when you had a Model A and you wanted to get rid of it, you just put the word out in the club, and one of the guys bought it from you. Nowadays, they're all, everybody's thin in the herd, so, <laughs> so you think, oh, but. But Model A's, surprisingly, John, and this blows me away, they sell very rapidly here. When we get a Model A, very rarely does it last longer than about 30 or 45 days. They sell and they still bring, you know, their normal 20 grand-ish, less if it's a, a four-door sedan, more if it's a roadster, uh, but, or a roadster pickup even, but they sell in that price range and they, and even the Chaise, the, 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 you know, the Model A's with a Pinto engine and the, yeah. and they still sell. sell. I do too. I mean, and there's nothing wrong with that. And I like Model A's because, when you look in the dictionary of antique car, there ought to be a picture of the Model A if they're in.
3: <laughs> well, you know, I, when I do presentations across the country, I'll speak at banquets. And I always talk about, you know, that Ford's heritage. You know, when you don't have heritage, we have 119 years of innovation and heritage and iconic products from the very beginning, the Model T, all the way through today. And, a lot of car companies, you know, Tesla's been around 20 years and they've, but I'll see you in 80 years. I used to yeah, exactly. Reading. And, exactly. and, you know, when I, when I talk about, you know, if you don't have heritage, then what you got to do is you got to hire like, uh, dancing hamsters or something and you got to, because you got to create the, <laughs> but model A's, um, I, I tried to drive a model T with the throttle thing and Ooh, I got tricky. the pedals all wrong. I wound up in a set of bushes. So the answer is for, I love the model T, but the model A, you can still drive. Um, it it actually can do you know fifty miles an hour on the freeway. Like you said earlier, not on the turnpike, maybe. but Yeah. yeah. But but the, and those cars, what when you when you think about a hot rod, Stuart? What do you think of? You don't think of a Camry? No. no you, you
2: think, think of, think the of the Model a yeah. Yeah, because, Model A? Yeah. Because
3: after the war, when uh, when the GIs got back, and the heck they could fix a Jeep with a rubber band and a paper clip out in getting the shot. Of the at, yeah, yeah, getting
2: exactly. shot at. Yes.
3: Yeah, so yeah. right. So they get back, and what was in the back forty? Some old Model A that was pushed back there. So yep. they chopped it and they cut the fenders off of it and they put Edelbrocks on the flatheads or put a Cadillac engine in it and they the the hot rod hobby. Is e- equated to the Deuce Coupe. Absolutely,
0: really. absolutely. And then just the ninetieth anniversary, just this past yeah. or this year of the Deuce Coupe, and uh, they had a big thing at the Peterson, uh which was really cool. Yep. Bruce Meyer had his you know yep. unobtain, I, uh, unobtainium thirty twos.
3: I, I I actually had a good friend of mine, Matt Stone, who was used to be the executive editor yeah. of Motor Trend. He writes for performance dot com. That story right. uh, will appear on performance dot com. We 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 kind of follow that because ninety years. I mean, it wasn't just that, Stuart. The V eight, you know, I remember uh, some quotes where some people were saying Henry lost his mind that if he put a V shape into a, an engine, it would shake itself apart and really? break it in half. That he didn't, they didn't believe you could. You know, he they thought how stupid Ford was, but you know, the flathead with all of its issues um, made people intoxicated with horsepower. You right, we still in the Henry in the uh, Greenfield in the Henry Ford Museum. Have a note from bank robbers thanking Ford for the V8 for outrunning the, <laughs> the Plymouth police cars
0: because power equates to fun. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and they figured that out pretty quickly. You know, that, 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 uh, cars that made America is an interesting show. I don't know how accurate it, it yeah, is. Not, yeah. not <laughs> accurate. I wouldn't imagine it probably is, but it's still fun to watch. I was watching that, uh, not too long ago and there was, you know, resistance to do everything. But listen, when you had the success of the Model T that he had for how many years it was, yeah. seven, eight, whatever years. And then the success of the Model A, I mean, change has got to be difficult. You know, you gotta be thinking, Man, what I don't wanna screw this up and and, you know, we've had a good run here. Let's don't make a, a monumental mistake.
3: Well, and you know, the Ford has had its share of uh, bumps in the road, but you know, the story about Mustang, you know that really fascinated me. I you know, a few years back I was able to meet Gail Halderman, right, who was right. the original designer of the six, the 65 Mustang. And he never got really credit for it because he was just a kid out of Ohio and uh, his bosses, if you go into the museums, you'll find or the, the research areas at Ford, you'll find other names were associated with the car, but when I got to meet Hal Spurlick, who's, you know, the father of the Mustang, not Lee Coca, it was Hal Spurlick's idea, uh, and then to see – meet Gail Halderman who drew the original sketch, you so, you heard the real story, and then right. you hear – that Henry Ford did not want that car because it was so, you know, Etzel went closed in 1960, and in 1962, is pitching for another new car. Absolutely yeah. <laughs> not. No. no. <laughs> Done with that. I mean, to, to hear their story um, that, you know, they got shot down uh, three different times, and if it weren't for the passion of car people saying, you know, we really truly believe in this product, that car would have never been. And that's why car people – you know, you can say, oh, we, you know, we had a lolly from the, as an airplane guy, we had, you know, marketing guys and, but a car person running a car company, that's how we got Mustang. And, and sure. really to me, uh, you gotta have that part, that essence of a car person. Figuring out the product because
0: because if you let the accountants do it, you're in trouble. Because I mean, (laughs) and and listen, everybody says, why don't they make that car just like the concept was? You know, that was so cool, and it had the fighter yoke, and it had this and that. It's because, first of all, it's not very practical. Second of all, it's probably not very user friendly. You think it looks cool? It's like the it's like all of us wanted a Cobra until we got one and burned our legs about seven (laughs) times on the side (laughs) pipe and said, "Yeah, I don't know. Okay, I'm over that." Yeah, (laughs) you get out of the store, it's 150. Degrees and you just you sit in that
3: little bucket seat and say, "Man, yeah. I why? Where, where's yeah. the air conditioning?"
0: You know what's funny? The funniest thing about the Cobra is, is that you you remind your passenger every time when they get out, don't burn your leg on it. What do you do? You stick your leg right on it every time, <laughs> every, every single time. Every time, time. yeah. You
3: no, know, you're right, and uh, you know there's probably more glory. And the old cars that we sell and love. And surely, you know, in the, in the Mustang club world, people have a 66 fastback or a Boss 302. Then they said, they brought their new Boss 302. And I go, why didn't you bring your 69? Well, here, you know, I can't see out the back window. It has no air. The clutch broke
0: my ankle, you know, the the battery was dead, whatever. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Buy supply tires, you know. Uh, so the glory is these are this is the glory year for Mustangs, right? And really for muscle cars with a Challenger and Camaro. Oh my God! Vent. This yeah. is the muscle car era.
2: Right and you now. know,
0: and, and there was a time not that long ago that we thought there will never be muscle cars or cars yeah. of performance ever again. About seventy four, seventy five. You're thinking, well, I'm going to by the time I can afford a car. They're going to be long gone. You know, there's nothing cool. Um, nothing's going to be fast. And look, I mean, the new, uh, you know, the Hellcats and the Demons and the Shelbys and the 800, 900 horsepower from the factory. Yeah.
3: Crazy. Way better even than the Boss Nines and the Yanko Camaros and, they didn't couldn't
0: turn a corner like they do. Go drive a Boss Nine for about fifteen minutes and tell me how much fun it is. It ain't that much fun, <laughs> especially well, for when, half a million dollars. <laughs> yeah. Especially yeah. if you're driving at any speed, you know, sixty miles an hour plus, because that thing is redlining, and oh, yeah. it sounds like it's going to fall apart when you're doing sixty miles an hour. And I no, get we sure,
3: it. We sure have come a long way, but you know what the the issue is? You know, like a lot of these cars are going to go away now. You can't keep the you know the, the companies need to build their own icons they can't right. keep you know Mustang's been around a long time it's changed a lot, and luckily they've hit that little hot button of fun but that won't last forever and it's, the sooner or later you know like when the Tesla came out, I still don't think it's a pretty looking car no it, it doesn't have a grill and I think design I think design who still drives cars and I'm really happy yeah. that the people still love a good-looking car me because too. for me i don't like swiss army knives you know gail halderman told me when before he passed away he's glad he's not a designer at ford today because exactly. suvs all are jelly beans and all you can design are headlights and taillights
0: yeah because the, the, all those guys came from the same school that taught them aerodynamics and fuel savings have to be this design and they all came up with even separately they all came up with the same design and i yeah. think that you know we're getting rid of cars i mean there's uh, how many cars does ford manufacture now uh yeah general That's motors it. is down to one car do they even do they even produce one car at general motors now that i can mm-hmm. think of i don't no, know i think they have cadillac. two two yeah a uh, cadillac uh yeah has but i mean and then the naming of them what have you know i love cool names mustang or challenger or you know now it's the x1p
3: <laughs> totally insane i know Definitely it totally wrong and you know it was like the lemmings the europeans did it so they thought it was good for us Americans like the cool names that we've all, you know, Mustang, part of its success, it's a great name. It's a Absolutely. freedom, a wild horse out west. I mean, it's, it's meant that for millions of people all of these years. So you're right. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm not happy with the way people are naming a lot of people in the Maverick community. Matt, why don't you call it a ranchero? You know, <laughs> you know, I get, I get all that traditionalism, but you can't keep sticking. Great names on new cars and thinking the name will sell the car. Well, the car sells yeah, the car.
0: absolutely. And don't you think that's kind of part of the little bit of the issue with the Machi is that people have that you know that romantic na- the name of the you know Mustang Machi and to see it in something that's not a Mustang proper like we think it is is that that's part of it. I mean, listen, oh, it's, it's, a nice a
3: hu- h- it's a huge pushback from traditionalists, and they sure. you still hate the whole idea, but. You know, Jim Farley wanted, he's going up against the cool factor of Tesla. And he said, right. what's the cool factor at Ford? It's Mustang. So he stuck the pony on it. The sure. fact of the matter is, um, it's a great car on its own. Sure. And, you know, some guy told me, what do you think of the Mach-E? And I had a buddy out of New York who said to me, mach we had a Mercury Mach-E back there in 1978. <laughs> What's, that ain't a new name.
0: So you got to watch out for those New York accents. We've got to do this again, John. This has been fantastic. Thank you oh, we got so lots much. To talk about. We yeah, got lots more to talk absolutely. about. Absolutely. And next time you're on the Turnpike, you got to stop in and say hello to us. We'd, you know, what, I
3: do want to come by. I might. I've uh, got some shows coming up uh, in the fall. I, I do want to stop in. If you don't mind, I'll, I'll ring your doorbell.
0: Yeah, I'll send you an email if you, if you don't have all my. I think you got all my contact info, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing you at a show or here someday in the future. That would be great. Stewart. Take care, it. John. Thanks so much for being on. Thank you all for listening this week. Uh, hopefully next week we'll have some uh, news and another guest if we can figure this out. Take care. and We'll see you from the Classic Auto Mall podcast.
1: We appreciate you listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays we're open from 9am to noon and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at To reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall podcast is produced by Car Smart Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band.